Welcome to my Poverty Informed Podcast. Uh, Today I'd like to share some writing I did on October 1st of 2018. Uh, It was right after returning from the Real College Conference in Philadelphia. Uh, Anybody who's been reading or listening to these things regularly knows that Dr. Sarah Goldrick Rabb is a big influence on the work that we're doing at my college and on, well, personally on me as well. And it was very transformative to be around her and at her event uh, and then connect with all kinds of other like-minded people taking on this issue of poverty and the reality that students face. Uh, And the conference is pretty amazing in that it also includes a healthy number of students. And I had a chance to interact with some of them and it reminded me that if you're doing this work, uh, you have to be connected with the people that you serve. Uh, As a dean, I can get distant from students if I choose to. I've always tried not to, but this was a reminder that I needed to kind of double down on those efforts and that to serve people in poverty, you needed to listen to people in poverty. Um, And you needed to be brave enough to kind of be in their emotional space because the lives they lead are challenging. So I'd like to share something I wrote the day after returning from Philadelphia, or maybe even in the airport on the way back, I can't quite remember. But it's called Poverty Informed Practice in Higher Education, Real College Lessons Learned and a Call to Action, Emmy's Story. This weekend, I attended the Real College convening with two of my most trusted allies at work. To say that the conference was great would be a gross understatement. It's rare at this stage of my career to not only learn new information, but to hear a clear call to action that I felt compelled to follow immediately. I was so moved by Dr. Darian Pollard's challenge to show raw courage and be willing to experience good trouble in the name of making sure basic needs issues don't prevent the unleashing of the talent of all of our students. I met several of my heroes from Amarillo College and made some connections I hope will lead to future work together. In addition, I spent some time in a breakout session with Mark Horvath of Invisible People, and I even got to talk with him personally later. Uh, Truthfully, I may have followed him uh, out of the restroom. I'm glad he didn't mind. But my conversation with him led me back to a story from campus last week. I've shared before about our snacks in the lobby, which our students now affectionately refer to as the bowl. The bowl has taught us so much about community and connection and false perceptions of scarcity. But those lessons are really for another time. Last week, the bowl taught me about homelessness and heroism. Emmy is a full-time student at Western. She is working her way back from incarceration and participates in our Project Proven, a poverty-informed initiative um, that I'll tell its own story here someday. I've noticed Emmy at the bowl pretty regularly, and I even got a chance to have a brief conversation with her last week while we both enjoyed some snacks. But I didn't know the whole story. Emmy's case manager, Jessica from Project Proven, pulled me into her office one day recently, saying she had a story I needed to hear. She told me that Emmy had come into her office and asked 
Are those snacks really just for anyone? Jessica assured her that they were, and they are simply an act of hospitality. Emmy shared she was afraid that she was taking too much, and Jessica told her that we have no limits or rules on guests eating food. It was Emmy's next response that stopped me in my tracks. She told Jessica, That's good, because I stop there every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday when I have class. Before you put out those snacks, I was only eating on Tuesdays. I didn't know, but Emmy was homeless and going to school full-time. Our trail mix and granola bars were helping her make it through every week of school. What an audacious act of courage, another phrase Dr. Pollard used. It is to choose education in that scenario. So fast forward to real college in Philadelphia about a week later, a week I had spent much of thinking about Emmy and people like her. I had not been to Philadelphia before, and at least the part of downtown I stayed in was a sea of homelessness compared to the relatively bucolic city of La Crosse where I live. Each night, as my team and I walked back to our hotel from dinner or from the conference, we saw countless people living on the streets, and it was deeply affecting. Each of us reacted in our own way, and it's hard to know what to do. Saturday night was the worst experience as we watched people, including us, walk past people asleep on sidewalks. We couldn't actually be sure if they were alive, dead, or maybe in need of medical attention. In fact, it was so overwhelming, my associate dean, Mandy, was in angry tears by the time we returned. She was angry and frustrated and sad at the world, mad at herself, and at all of us that could be doing more to help. Mandy said if we saw people lying unresponsive on sidewalks in any other situation, we would call 911. But we and all the others just kept walking. No one knew what to do, and I couldn't stop thinking of Emmy and other students like her. And then on Sunday at the conference, I met Mark Horvath and listened to his stories of engaging people who were experiencing homelessness. It made me think of an earlier presentation at the conference by Dr. Karen Stout of Achieving the Dream, who told us we need to establish collective impact models with our colleges at the center. Dr. Stout and the folks from Amarillo reinforced the role of the community college has changed, and whether we choose to be or not, we are in the social service business now, especially if we want to honor our open access promise and change the economic future of people, their families, and our communities. Now when you combined our Saturday night experience with this learning on Sunday, I knew I needed to ask Mark what any of us could be doing right now. Well, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I managed to cross paths with him exiting the restroom, and he was incredibly generous in sharing what he knew which was as simple as saying, engage people and ask what they need. He said he often starts those conversations by just having new socks to give to someone who might need them. And now I had an idea. Our inability to relate to homelessness is our biggest barrier to ending it. That's what Mark said at his presentation, and it made me think of Emmy. 
but it also made me think about the park across from our administrative center. On any given day, there are a number of people there who appear to be living there. No one on campus seems to know how to react, but I don't believe anyone has gone the route of actually engaging them. So on behalf of heroes like Emmy, when I get home today, I'm going to go to the store and buy a bunch of socks and put them in my work bag. And tomorrow, I'm going to walk down to the park and start the conversation. A poverty-informed approach does not throw people away and believes everyone has the right to a future. It's time to put my money where my mouth is. Stay tuned.